You're listening to City Beat, the weekly podcast from UrbanMilwaukee.com. I'm your host, Jeremy Janine. Today on the show, we are joined by the author of 100 Things to Do in Milwaukee Before You Die, Jenna Cashew. We'll learn about what goes into writing such a book, how one even sets out to do such a thing, and what the 101st thing would have been. Don't touch that dial, close that app, or hit mute. We'll be right back. Jenna Cashew, welcome to City Beat. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about things to do in Milwaukee, but before we do that, let's talk a bit about you. Give us the quick hits on the Jenna Cashew story. Sure. So I was born and raised in Milwaukee, um, studied abroad, lived in a couple different cities, and then made my way back. And I just really love this city and love to see how much it's changed. I've been writing for different publications, Milwaukee Magazine, The Shepherd, pretty much every local publication I've contributed to here over the last decade or so. So writing about Milwaukee and exploring the city has always been top of mind for me. So this really was a natural fit to write a full book about how um, to explore the city and, and what's happening. And this is the second edition of a book from Reedy Press. How did they go about finding you? Honestly, a Google search. They said that they had found me based on my writing um, about the city, and they came to me at the worst possible time right after I had my second baby, and I was slated to go back to work in just a few short weeks, but I knew this was an opportunity that was exciting for me. And um, so, you know, I, I rearranged some things, and I just... I um, I made it happen, which is really fun. And it was honestly a great time for me to also get out and rediscover because I had, you know, two kids in tow. So I was able to add in a lot of family friendly stuff to the book, too. But there's also, you know, a great mix of everything. What goes into writing a book like this? What is the timeline? Are you, okay, I have one month. I must do all 100 things that are in the book to make sure they qualify. Yeah, so I had a hard deadline for submitting the book. So basically, I just kind of work backwards. And there's five sections in the book. So I gave myself a deadline for each section. Um, I did all the photography for the book, too. So that was kind of fun. It forced me to get out and really re-experience some of these things. So even if it's something, you know, like the art museum that, of course, I've done uh, several times um, you know I went again because I wanted to re-experience it see what other juicy bits that I could get out of a museum experience that I wanted to share with with people because you know again there are things that are pretty obvious about um, the city Miller Park you know some of all the big things but like I said I really wanted to give people um, some additional information or some some insider tips on how to take your experience to the next level all right. And those sections are food and drink, music and entertainment, sports and recreation, culture and history, shopping and fashion. Were any of them particularly easy or difficult to kind of narrow down to 20 things? Yes. Uh, food and drink was was very hard to narrow down because I could have written a whole book probably about food and drink. Um, shopping was actually the hardest one. And that's actually one of the only ones that uh, expands out to different areas of Milwaukee. Like there's some shops in Brookfield and obviously the like the Mayfair collection, which is in Wauwatosa. But pretty much everything else in the book is Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee, just because there's so much here. I mean, I could write a whole nother book too about um, Milwaukee suburbs and the surrounding areas because there's, there's lots to do um, out and about too. When we talk about this book, are we talking about a 500-page book? Tell the listeners how big it is. Yeah, so it's it's not. It's easy to take with you wherever you go, throw in your car. It's, um, I'm looking at it right now, 100 and... 
45 pages, and that includes all five sections, and it also includes um, some events by season and then some suggested itineraries in the back, which is really nice. So it's really easy to use. It's easily, um, you know, it's laid out nice and bright and big. And so people can, like I said, leave it in their car, keep it with them. It's not too heavy. Keep it in your purse if you're ever wondering what you um, might want to do. And I want to note one thing. This is neither a highbrow nor lowbrow book. At one point, I opened up the book, and on the left side was the Roman coin, and on the right side was Lake Park Bistro. <laughs> and I thought that was the perfect range of everything Milwaukee has to offer with food and drink. Yeah, you know, and like I said, that food and drink section was really hard because there's so much great stuff. And, you know, with, you know, restaurants, I wanted to get a good mix of, you know, stuff that's relatively new, but also stuff that's been around forever, really to pay homage to those restaurants that make it last, because that is the hardest business to be in. And, you know, I want people to be able to experience all sides of Milwaukee and, and things that have a unique Milwaukee flavor. So Milwaukee has great dive bars. It's known for their dive bars. So, I mean, we definitely have to include some. There's a supper club in there. We have fine dining. Milwaukee has it all. And were there things that immediately, like before you even started the book, you mentioned Miller Park before. That one's kind of obvious. But personal things to you, they're like, yes, I must include this. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole point of it was to include stuff that was off the beaten path because I wanted it for, for both tourists and mostly for locals. You know, I think a lot of locals will really be interested in the book, even if you've lived here all your life. So there were a couple of hidden gems, you know, a lot of my friends for forever, ever since I've been writing for Milwaukee Magazine, they come to me and they say, where should we go for dinner? Or where should we go for date night? So I have all those, you know, great little tips and uh, bits of advice that I like to tell people. So I did include those in the book, you know, places like Bryant's or the Jazz Estate or Caroline's Jazz Club or uh, Jackson Grill Steak uh, Supper Club. You know, those are those little places off the beaten path that, um, that I wanted to include right away. And then obviously the you know, the standards, the Miller Park, the, the art museum, the zoo, those had to be in there just because they're um, they're great for tourists. But like I said, for locals, too, if there's a way to re-experience it and, and revisit it, um, there's, there's lots happening at those places all the time. And when you went to write the book, was it, I've done all 100 of these things already? Or was, I mean, is this the Jenna Cashew story in book form? Or <laughs> were you like, well, I should really check out Jackson's. That's been on my list for yeah. years. No, not at all. Uh, there are several things that had been on my bucket list for a long time. And so I said, well, no time like the present to go check them out. So I definitely, um, you know, went out of my comfort zone a little bit and checked out some different places. I crowdsourced. I, you know, emailed all my friends and I said, you know, what are your musts that must be on the list? And, you know, from there, I kind of whittled it down and figured out what has a truly Milwaukee flavor and, um, you know, what are just some things that I don't think everybody knows about. So, like I said, just tried to get a good mix and, and, and try new things myself so other people would do. And there was one thing that kind of kept permeating itself throughout the book, and that was beer and booze that <laughs> kept showing up. Uh, knowing that, like, I was, my wife opened the book right away and she was like, drink Wisconsin, please. Well, that she probably has the address wrong and they moved. So how much future proofing did you try and do in yes. the book? Oh, that was hard. So, cause I wrote it last summer. So, um, you know, like things like the HOP, the Pfizer Forum, they weren't totally up and running yet. Um, so I relied on, you know, the, the friendly people that work there at those organizations to really help me out and, and get as much information as I can. Um, there was a lot of back and forth with the proofing, but, um, you know, Reedy Press has done these books in other markets and they know that nothing's permanent. And so there is a little caveat in the front that says, you know, we try our very best, but I, I do know that I'm sure one or two places will sadly close before this book is, is out of print. So we try our very best and almost everything is 
up to date, but there are definitely one or two things that might not be. But we did catch the Drink Wisconsinably uh, address change <laughs> before they moved. Well so done. That was the last. That was the last minute. I think my very last edit. Well, there's one place that unfortunately has closed already. 1983 is no more. No, that was the place I was talking about. <laughs> so if, if we can get like a sticker and lay it in there that people can go to Uptown Cafe. It's Uptown, just up, right. You're right. Exactly. The arcade bar trend. It looks like it, you know, it might still stay. So, but yet, like, for instance, that's why I didn't include the Axe Bar thing. Because who knows if Axe Bars are going to be popular in a little while. I mean, maybe they are. But that, That's also why there's no frozen yogurt recommendations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got all the trend spotting. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so what is the like the vision on the book? Is it supposed to be on shelves 10 years from now or will we have the third or fourth edition by then? Oh, there'll absolutely be a third and fourth edition because, you know, the first edition was just written in 2015 and tw- between 2015 and 2018, so much has changed and there's been such a demand for um, for this book. So I think I would love to write a third and fourth edition. We'll see. I guess we'll just have to see how long people are interested in the book and and how how current the information stays. So stay tuned. Yeah, I noticed that right off the bat, you're talking about the newest bars, or not bars, but breweries in the Menominee Valley. And I was like, well, I don't know how long they'll be the newest. Now there's not a lot of opportunities to open a brewery in the Menominee Valley, but right. I think we'll definitely see change in no time. So you'll have another opportunity. Yes, absolutely. One Easter egg you managed to sneak into the book. There is a patio you recommend. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get away with recommending Fernway? Well, I will tell you. I, I asked my publisher and I said, full disclosure, my husband and I own this bar um and he said as long as you would recommend this bar even if you didn't own it then it's fair game so um you will see that there is a special nod to my husband and i's business fernway and the ivy house you know just and again more reason why i'm interested in the city we are now business owners so it's a beautiful patio in walker's point um they have a summer series a summer concert series going on so yeah i did i did sneak that in good catch your journalist you know <laughs> My wife is like, Fernway, why do I know that? And I was like, well, Jenna, the author of the book. <laughs> and, and one of the things my wife did right away when we were looking through the book this weekend, really taking a deep dive into it, was immediately start counting. She's like, well, we've done eight out of the first 10. And how many of the next 10? What do you think the average Milwaukeean's done? What do you think are the things almost everyone's done and almost no one's done? You know, that's funny that, that you mentioned that because I was hanging out over at Radio Milwaukee during their fun drive. And so we all had some time to sit around and chit chat. And I had given the book to several Milwaukee natives. Um, a couple of the girls, um, one who has lived here all of her life, said that there were 42 things that she counted that she hadn't done. Uh, another girl, there was like 37. So I think there is a lot that people haven't done. I, I mean, I would say that she was pretty savvy and, you know, working for a community radio station. She's probably, she probably gets out and about a lot. So I would guess that most Milwaukeeans have not done half of these things or haven't done them in the last five years. And is there one in particular like, yeah, this one I'm confident not many Milwaukee people have done? Mm, that's hard. Um, I would say, um, I can't say because everyone has such a different, a different, uh, you know, scope and, and everyone kind of lives in their own little neighborhood sometimes. I think the hop, I think a lot of people haven't written the hop yet, right? I'm a biased observer. My office is right on. Well, yeah, so, yeah, no, not you, but most people. <laughs> um, for, for me, I, we were discussing before we got on air, it's the Dennis Sullivan. I, yeah, I guess with the right. exception of you, I don't know anyone that's 
gone for a ride on the ship. Yeah. Actually, I will say Lindsay Heights, too. That's another one. So that neighborhood is really going through a renaissance over on, you know, sort of like Fond du Lac area, sort of near north side. Um, they have some great things happening between the Sherman Phoenix building, the Juice Kitchen, the Tandem. Um, so I, you know, I threw that in there because I think that is a really great area of the city that people really need to visit because there's a lot happening there. And, you know, we we're all Milwaukee. It's not um, just the east side and, and the west side and, and Walker's Point and all those, you know, trendy neighborhoods. There's so much going on all over. Yeah, that was a good one. Unfortunately, that is one that you'll need to update for the next edition already. The Juice Kitchen is now Shindig Coffee. To, Ugh, I know. To they are just their like, branding. everything is changing <laughs> so fast. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was a great inclusion. Uh, Lindsay Heights is the area centered uh, near the intersection of 20th, Fond du Lac, and North Avenue to the east. And the Sherman Phoenix is, of course, just west of that near 30th. Uh, what else can we talk about? I noticed reading the book that you're a jazz fan. Uh, at least that's my sense. You talk about Caroline's, the jazz estate, or am I just reading into it too much? Yeah, no, actually, I'm not a huge jazz fan. I'm a huge live music fan. Um, and I just love the feel of those bars because, you know, Jazz Estate actually does get quite a bit of music that's not just jazz. And, you know, I saw a band there a couple years ago and I really like the Latin music that they have there. Um, and Caroline's just has such a cool feel. And I feel like it is just a great experience, a really intimate you know, just cozy date spot. So yeah, I, I surprisingly, you would think, I know there's a lot of jazz in there, but a lot of the smaller intimate live music clubs in the city are sort of geared towards jazz. So that's kind of why you, you see that a lot. Sure. And to what extent did you feel obligated? And I guess I'm changing subjects. So that's, this isn't related to jazz or Caroline. <laughs> to what extent did you feel obligated to toe the party line? And I give you an example, uh, under gallery night and day, you could have noted that the night part is where all the action is and the day is, hey, avoid this. It, was there examples of where like someone really wanted you to include something in your book? You're like, no, this is, I'm curating this to be the best source. Yeah, you know, no, actually I was, um, a couple of people asked me that. They said, you know, oh, did, did anyone actually try to pressure you to put their names in the book? And, you know, I said, really, no, I tried to make it you know, relatively general, but at the same time, you know, offer my, um, my own opinions and insights. But, you know, like I said, I, everyone has sort of a different uh, scope of knowledge and interest level. So I wanted to make it um, so that people can, of all different um, backgrounds, can really enjoy this. And I think there's one set of people that might not enjoy it, and that is the cultural and history section. I'm showing you this right now. Our listeners can't know, but it, the, it says culture and history, and right next to it is a photo of the bronze <laughs> fonds. How many of your pretentious readers do you think immediately <laughs> lit the book on fire? I, you know, I just felt like it was a little tongue-in-cheek, and I actually did not select the placement of the photos. <laughs> but when I, when, you know, when I got the the copy, I thought, oh my God, this is actually kind of funny. This is perfect. <laughs> Let's just not comment to the publisher because I don't, you know, the publisher's not from here so I don't think they totally understand how controversial that that little sweet little statue is. Um, so, you know, hey, I just, let's just have fun with it and um, it's been so long now. <laughs> and in know. fairness, in the opening sentence about the bronze fonds on the next page, you note that there was some protest from local I artists. Did. I did. You know, I full disclosure, everybody should know the history of it. It, it prevailed despite all of the uh, the naysayers. And now South Milwaukee is imitating it with the Crusher, I which know. they opened in early June. It's great news. I love it. <laughs> I guess for fun, let's go through a suggested itinerary and look. To, I'll let you pick it out and give people a sense of the book. I Let's go. Okay. 
actually, let's go through summer because summer is sort of on the horizon. Um, I actually just want to read off a couple of my favorite summer activities. So again, this sometimes can be hard because, you know, beer gardens, there's a million beer gardens in Milwaukee. So how do I just distill this into suggesting some of my favorites? So I try to kind of group them by theme. So, you know, suggested activities for summer, belly up to a German beer garden. Uh, Estabrook and Hubbard Park really have that nice German feel. In our, when uh, we're both looking at the book right now and you have them listed in order, is that an order you should do them or these are just good ideas to do in that time? Good ideas to do in the time, yes. So they're, and also, you know, one through 100, they are, it's arbitrary. They are not listed in, you know, number one is the best opportunity or the most important opportunity. Um, yeah, and same with the, uh, so the events by season and the itineraries, um, not necessarily in this order, just different ideas to do um, under those different sections. So, you know, summer, I visit South Shore Farmer's Market. That's such a great farmer's market. The park in South Shore Park, there's so much to do there. There's a beer garden, there's a playground for kids, there's the beach. That's why I really like that farmer's market. Um Take a guided city tour with Milwaukee Kayak Company. Again, lots of different places you could rent a kayak, but Milwaukee Kayak Company has some really great um, guided tours. They partner with Menominee Valley Partners, with Riverkeeper, with all sorts of different great organizations um, to really enhance the tour. So you can go on a paddle and a pour. You can have beer. Obviously, you're right. There's a lot of beer in this book. <laughs> but you can um, you know, drink a beer while you kayak. You can learn about the history of the Menominee Valley. Um, you can learn about the architecture of the city while you kayak. So lots of different opportunities there. Um, the uh, street festivals, Brady Street Festival, Bayview Bash, um, Locust Street Days, lots of great uh, free street festivals this summer. You know, and of course, Summerfest. I had to include Summerfest there. <laughs> yeah, I noticed <laughs> there, was, I there was ethnic festivals and Summerfest. Like the festival grounds got a dual mention there. Yeah, you know, I just had to. I mean, so many people come specifically for those experiences. And, you know, if I were to tell anyone um, when to visit Milwaukee, I would I would say summer. Absolutely. I'll, I'll flip back, too, and just look at some of the suggested itineraries. So some mo- iconic Milwaukee experiences. Again, these aren't necessarily in any order, um, or, or they don't need to be done all together. But have a lick of custard at Leon's and Cops. You know, I'll mention Cops in there, too, because I'm partial to that one. It's right by my house. Belly up at the German beer gardens we mentioned. Um, take a selfie with the bronze fans. <laughs> I feel like, why not, you know? Absolutely. Um, Harley-Davidson Museum. I feel like everybody who comes to the city, even if you're not really interested in um, um, motorcycles. There's so much history and so much art in that museum as well. Yeah, you did, a, a, and that description in particular, your write-up of it was good because I learned a lot. I was, I was expecting like, there are motorcycles, go see them, it's cool. But you really sold the place much better than my 30,000 foot understanding of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like motorcycles. I'll, I'll just throw it out there. <laughs> I mean, they're cool, but I'm a little bit afraid to ride one so um but just the beauty of you know the design and there's so much to appreciate there the milwaukee county zoo there's so much happening there's all sorts of different um events and then the milwaukee art museum you know obviously those are all things that people can do but you know one of the things that i snuck in about the milwaukee art museum you can do yoga every third saturday they have yoga under the wings of the the Brie Soleil. It's a really, really beautiful experience. I mean, typically there's, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 people in there. So just that collective experience as well um, of being able to do yoga with that many people in a beautiful space is really fun. Um, I, you know, one of the other things too, people ask me a lot about um, 
what you know what if you had to just select one thing it's really hard because there's obviously you know i could i could barely select 100 um but i think the milwaukee county parks is one of the best parts about our city um you know some of the things that some of the the um, places that people don't know about the Seven Bridges Trail in Grant Park. That's one of my favorites that I like to tell people about. It's family friendly. It's beautiful. It really transports you to a different place. And do you have an absolute favorite park that is like, this is my go-to space? Or are you agnostic and love them all? Yeah, I love them all. Mm. I really like Lake Park. I think Lake Park's really beautiful. You know, there's so, so many. Atwater Beach is just amazing. It, it feels so secluded and um it's clean, <laughs> which is really nice. Bradford Beach is also clean. We should note that. It is, you know, and it's fun. Like if I were in my 20s, I would be hanging out at Bradford Beach all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very, you hit on this in the book and that was a good description was Bradford Beach is kind of the people in their 20s. There's lots of people having a good time. There's lots of people. Atwater Beach is much more calm, family yeah. friendly, separated from the road. Yeah. Bradford Beach is the party beach, <laughs> which is, you know, great. You need a beach for every for every occasion. And then I think, you know, just the fact that there's so many different ways. Cruise around on a bubbler bicycle. My husband and I did this last year for the first time. And we chose to go downtown during the uh, July 3rd fireworks. And we just hopped on bubbler bicycles. And being able to see the city on two wheels is such a different experience. And, you know, especially that night when there's millions of people out and there's fireworks in the sky. It was just such a special night. And I really think it was enhanced by the fact that we were, um, you know, feeling the wind in our hair and we were at street level on a bike. And you weren't stuck in traffic. Like Correct. Yeah. Thousands of other people. Yes. <laughs> Correct. You know, other date nights that I always like to recommend to people, Ardent is a really incredible dining experience. I think um, what Justin Carlyle is doing there is just um, fantastic for the city, being able to bring that type of, um, you know, really upscale cuisine. And this is a restaurant on the Lower East Side on Farwell Avenue. Yeah, you know, something that you might, you know, if you blink, you'll miss it. Um, but it is really an amazing experience. Blue, oh, the Fister, who could, you know, who could forget about the Fister? They have such great offerings up there. You can have a cocktail. You can have afternoon tea April through October. Um, it's such a beautiful lounge with great views of the city. And, and you were the Fister's, is it, art, yes, not I, artist in residence, yeah, but narrator I was in residence. A Fister, yes, I'm sorry. I should have recommend. I should have said that when I was um, telling you my Jenna Cashew story. That was my favorite job I've ever had in my life. And it was, what goes into that? Because I, I really don't have much of an idea. And I know multiple of people yeah, that have done it now. Basically, they pay you to sit around in the hotel and talk to the guest and really sort of extract the stories of the guests in the hotel. And it is just so fun. It's such an inspiring space to be able to, you know, have at your disposal to just hang out and write. Um, and then just the people that come through, there's so much happening at the Pfister. I mean, really, everyone, you know, everyone has a story. That is very true. And so, you know, that's it. Obviously, there's a an arch to extracting the story from people and knowing how and when to do it. But I think it was just a really a really special experience. Like I said, being able to be in those walls um, with all those special people coming in and out, and and just figuring out how to how to get to the heart of a lot of different people's stories. And when did you do that? Um, I believe it was 2013. It was only a six-month residency. They've now changed the opportunity, so now it's a one-year. Um, so I wish I could go back and do it again for a year, <laughs> but I don't think they'll let me. <laughs> well, the, the St. Kate Hotel opened in early June, yes. so maybe the Marcus Corp will need maybe someone there. I know. Maybe they'll let me do it. Um, so if you're listening, Tim Smith, give me a job again, please. <laughs> 
Um, so I derailed you on date night, though. The no, Fister okay. Hotel Blues. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, I think the uh, the two theaters that we have, um, the, well, we have lots of theaters, but the, Av- the Avalon Atmospheric Theater and the Historic Oriental, both of them have gotten some beautiful enhancements and aesthetic upgrades. Um, so in lots of different programming, you know, like this summer, I know the uh, Avalon is doing lots of different um, like cult classics and, and throwback movies. Yeah, there's a Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino thing going on, yeah. building up to I mean, the release cool. of his new film. And you know how fun to be able just to have is seeing a movie in a theater, you know, with a community of people. It's just such a different experience than sitting home at Netflix. Um, so uh, I really encourage people to get out and enjoy films in in historic spaces like that. The the Stackner Cabaret too is one of my favorite places. Um, my husband and I go there a lot for the musical performances. We just saw the Johnny Cash musical, which was absolutely fabulous. And there's the Stackner Cabaret has also been renovated. You can actually have dinner there while you um, while you watch the show. There's cocktails. It's just such a fun, casual experience. Um, you know, we sat with another couple and and chatted with them. It was great. And this is a theater within the Milwaukee Reps complex downtown. Yeah, so the Milwaukee Rep has several different experiences you know if you want a traditional theater experience you can do that they have the quadrachi powerhouse they have the stem the stem key which is a little bit of a smaller intimate experience and then the stackner cabaret if you're someone like me who really just likes a more casual theater experience who likes musical theater and who likes to be able to have a drink while they while they watch choosing the stackner cabaret is a good example of you actually being a local and knowing it because i think if someone came from out of town they've been like oh i should recommend the theater Mm, Milwaukee rep done. Okay, check. Mm-hmm. You gave a bit more, and you just explained why why you like the stuff. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'll be honest. So my husband and I are in our late thirties. We were the youngest people there by a lot. And every time I go out to the MSO, the Milwaukee Symphony, or the Milwaukee Ballet, or the Rep, I'm always surprised that there aren't more young people that take advantage. Um, you know, that I know a lot of those organizations offer discounted ticket prices for people under 40. Um, so yeah, I think if there was one other recommendation that I could make, I would just remind young people to get out and enjoy all the amazing cultural offerings that we have in our city. Yeah, your description of the symphony was like, and they have like Harry Potter play-alongs and Star Wars. Yeah, and- I mean, they're really their programming is really really um, opened up quite a bit and they are you know they have the pop series they have the classical series and now they have a lot of these family friendly um, well they've always had family friendly concerts but a lot of these um, concerts where they you know play the music of Queen or they play the music of David Bowie um, or they'll play along these concerts where they play along to a movie I mean how fun is that so for you know for film buffs they they have a, a little bit of everything for everyone all right. Well, we're coming close to the end of our time. So are there a couple places in particular you want to talk about? Oh, boy. This is so hard. This is like picking your favorite child. And that's um, exactly what we want you to do. <laughs> okay. Well, we're in River West. I have to say that if you haven't been to the Mad Planet retro dance party, you're missing out. Um, the Brew City Bruisers roller derby bout is a blast. Um, I really love to like a bachelorette party or a date night um, indulgence chocolatiers and the Walker's Point has a chocolate and wine tasting. They have whiskey, too. They have everything. It's a blast. Um, and that is house made chocolate paired with wine from across the world. Or, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I let's see. I would say, too, um, the. OK, the cheese carrots, cheese curds. That's so quintessentially Milwaukee, the clock shadow creamery. You can see how cheese curds are made. They do tours. And um, it's more of like an observation 
uh, room. But uh, the, I mean, just tasting the squeak of a cheese curd is such a quintessential Milwaukee experience. Yes, the fresh cheese curd. Yeah. Oh, one more that I'll throw in just because it's summer too. The Villa Terrace Decorative Arts Museum. Every um, Sunday morning, I believe it is, they have a, an event called Cafe Sopramare and they do um, music in their beautiful European courtyard. So that is such a really beautiful place. Even if you're not interested in the decorative arts or the museum itself, go and enjoy the gardens, the courtyard, the live music, have a cup of coffee. It is such a relaxing and lovely experience. All right. My guest today has been Jenna Cashew. Her book, 100 Things to Do in Milwaukee Before You Die. You can learn more about that at jennacashew.com.